Okay. Hi guys, I'm here with my good friend, Rabbi Nassanel Gans. Rabbi, what? And he does, among many other things, he has a column in the Ami magazine, Businesses. To me, he's like the Jewish Napoleon Hill. Napoleon Hill uh, wrote a book, Think and Grow Rich, which interviewed the 500 most successful people and their specific recipe of how they came to success. So Nassanel himself is a successful person, but he had the opportunity to interview hundreds of successful entrepreneurs throughout his career and lifetime. Um, and today, I want to pick his brain, because he has, he has a combination of all these, people's, uh, all these people's knowledge. And let's see what he has to say. So first of all, Sano, thank you for doing this. First I appreciate all, it. I, I really appreciate it. That's a tremendous pressure you just put me on. That was a, that was a huge intro over there. But it's Napoleon true. Hill, Fire and Vivo, I hear. It's very impressive. Yeah. Yeah. So my first question to you is, I think that people have a misconception when it comes to entrepreneurs and their humbleness. What did you find? Like you have this entrepreneur that you're going to interview or you follow for a while and you do the research obviously, then you meet them and you talk to them in person. What's the, what's the difference? Do you feel that there is a certain humbleness that they have or do they really stand out to be like untouchable? So again, I think it depends on the person, but I think what happens is like this, you know, as in anything, the most successful person in the world has people that they know on a personal level, right? I don't care how rich or successful you are, you have your close friends. So generally speaking, I think by the time that I'm speaking to them, I would say 99% of the time, they're acting like a normal person, right? Wow. So it's hard to really tell how they are behind, you know, behind different scenes. You know, I, I think the nature is, you know, obviously people who make a lot of money, it does go to your head often. So wow. it's a normal thing that many people who who make money will sometimes act a certain way. It doesn't mean that they're bad people or other than that, but many of them are more humble than, I, than, than you think so. I think the number one lesson that I try to give up to people from my column is that, and they've told this to me themselves, successful people who I've interviewed have said to me, listen, we're more than willing to help people. Matter of fact, here's the big Kiddush, right? There's a guy I went to do, they always talk about David Pilchett, you know, mm -hmm. and, and when he's, he's, he runs a, a low voltage supply company. And he said that when he started his company, he said his goal was not to work, right? His wow. goal was not to work. He wanted to arrange the processes, the systems and processes that he doesn't have to work. And that was an amazing goal. But think, he accomplished it, Baruch Hashem. But guys like that who are already at a point where they, they don't need to work, they have time, right? right? So a lot of these guys will actually be willing to talk to you, you know? And the guy, and it's very normal for somebody who is quote-unquote not successful or looking at someone who's successful, to think, ooh, this guy is so chushiv, I can't talk to him, even though he sits next to me in shul. You'd be so surprised the amount of Yidin who were willing to help other Jews. So they'd be giving some time and advice, and even more than that, you know? You know, like in anything, it's kind of like sales, right? If you're going to start asking many people, yeah, you'll get some rejections. But more than not, guys are willing to help. And they want to give back, and especially the very successful person. Believe it or not, how do they give back? Are they going to give money to you? Yeah. They want to give some of their advice. So don't be afraid to ask a person. I, and this is not for me. This is from the people who have actually been successful. Wow. That. That's, that's amazing. I agree with that because <clears throat> I see it throughout. When I started my career and I became an entrepreneur, everybody was out there willing to help me. Responded to my messages. I met them in person. They are so humble. So I wanted, it, I wanted to hear that from you. And you said it right. And also with entrepreneurs that many times they say that the thing that you're busy the most with, that's taking away most of your time, give that, delegate that to someone else. So it makes sense that these entrepreneurs do have time in their day. My next question to you is you also interview people and it's very interesting how you always touch on their childhood and their upbringing. What's a combination of what you see in a person's upbringing that leads them to entrepreneurship and success? It's a very good question. And I'll, I'll explain to you first of all why I do that. So okay. the reason why our column focuses so much on the person's background story 
is because, and this is why I'm confident when I, when I speak to people and I interview people, I usually start off the interview by saying, I think this will be different than anything you've ever done before, and let me know afterwards if it's right. Why is that? Because often you have an interview and, and the person comes and they ask a few questions, tick, tick, tock, move on. But I said, who says this guy is successful? Because I say so? Because you wow. read on the internet? I think when you, this is why, and I do this on my panels as well. Right? I'm just coming from a panel. We're at, we're at, we're yeah. at, we're at an event, the Accelerator Conference for bookkeepers. And on stage, I, I asked the guys to share some of their background. Why is that? Because if you're interviewing somebody and you just say, hey, here's a guy. Trust me, he's successful. Now let me ask you questions about him. So, okay, they, they, uh, might, they might listen, but not necessarily will they resonate. I'm going to answer your question, but I'm going to explain first the background. But when you ask someone their background story, you see their struggles. They grew up, they had a, not an easy background, not a difficult background. It's really, really hard, and yet now they make it. You know their story, so now you're with them. You resonate them. Yes. You're their friend. So now when I ask them some questions, hey, it means something. So that's the reason why I do the background. To answer your question, the answer is no. Meaning, I, I specific, but it's interesting you say that because I specifically always ask someone, I said, were you an entrepreneur as a kid or not? And there's no right answer. Some guys are, some guys aren't. There's guys who learned in Kyle their whole life and suddenly they became amazing entrepreneurs. You know, I, I think that entrepreneurship is something that comes when they need it to happen, right? Wow. And there is a common denominator that a lot of the people who I do interview, even they're not business-minded, they're sometimes askana, right? They were involved in yeshiva, they put together the trips, they arranged things. So yeah, that is a common denominator, and that's normal to understand. That someone who's a big doer was a doer younger as well. But believe it or not, there's many people that are successful you know, later on. I'm curious about you. You know, you talk about your career. I'm curious, how, how do you do it, right? <laughs> I want to turn the table a second. I'm, I'm interested in learning more. You, I think, would be a good example of, of I mean, I'd like to hear more, of, of somebody who put themselves out there, right? Approached yeah. a lot, a lot of people. <clears throat> Started just, you know, wanted to become their friend, speaking to them, and you made a parnas of it. What do you do today for a living? So thanks for throwing this back at me. The only reason I'm gonna answer, even though I'm here to interview you, yeah. is because you're the professional, so I have to answer your question. Um, to answer your question, how I got started in this was very simple. I, like among many others, when it came, I graduated yeshiva, I finished learning, I'm, I'm not married yet. Um, but I just went to work a nine to five, a job, a construction job. I was making a lot of money, hundred to hundred fifty thousand dollars a year. It was a good job, but I didn't wow. feel fulfilled. I wasn't doing what I enjoyed. So at that time, I was doing the social media from Michal Schnitzler, and we were able to to generate for him tens of thousands of followers and views across all social media platforms. So at a certain point, I got so fed up with my job, like I wasn't feeling it at all, and I. And I started studying a little bit, like, what's, what's a different way to do this? And then I started learning about how anybody can achieve their dreams as long as they put their mind to it. So I said, I'm done with working for someone else. I'll be opening a company where people can work for me, and I will be paying them and myself. So it was at that time, I remember sitting with Mahul and I told him, I want to do many, I have many different ideas. So we started by writing it down, because that's a misconception that a lot of people have. They have this idea in their head, they have ideas, they don't, they stop over there. Or they say, I don't have an idea, or they say, I have too many ideas. Many people stop at the name. They're like, I have an idea, right, I don't have the name. Right, the biggest <laughs> idea. And I just, one of the ideas with social media, Mahul was like, I see you have a passion for it, I know you can do it well. This is your business. At this point, by the way, I was already fired from my job because I was just not doing it. I was your, so demotivated. Right. So I needed a way to, to make money. So I remember calling up my, one of my best friends, like Shlomi Bondo. I'm like, you have a successful cleaning business, cleanery. Um, can I do your social media for like $750 a, a month? Like it was, it was, you know, and he's like, yeah, sure. I'd love to support you. 
So then I started doing that from one person to another, and and today we're doing this for the biggest companies wow. out there, like Ice Cream House and Klein's Ice Cream or Duggams. And you want many to show big, you do by yourself? So no, we have a team wow. of five, six employees right now, um, and many, many different clients, and we've helped already and generated for, for many different clients um, so many leads, and, and, and we help them in terms of their branding. So the business is social media management. It's an inch, I, I'm, I was generally curious. You know, I, I think it's possible a lot of people who see you don't necessarily know exactly what you do. They know you do some social media, right. but this is very impressive. And I think you're a good example of, of something we always talked about, you know, Talking about sales, right? So you do sales, you have to sell yourself. Yes. So what people don't realize is that the number one advice that I've heard from successful salesmen and how to get other people to know about what you do, because I think the biggest question many people have when they're starting a business is how do I market myself, right? right. What do I do? I, I, yeah, I don't have a budget, you know. People talk about branding, I'm gonna spend $30,000 on branding, and branding is not smart to a degree when you're starting your business. But you have to sell. Now, how do you sell? So People make this big misconception. I, it's, a, it's a fine line, but I think here's the answer. And this is just not me talking. This is so many other successful people have told this to me. Tell everyone what you do. You don't have to sell your product. Tell wow. me to do. My name is Ellie Weber. I do social media. If you're interested, let me know. I'm not Can pursuing I tell you it. Can I tell you I, something? I just want to finish this. So, so the same idea, right? I, I'm, I, I sell life insurance. I do XYZ. I'm a speaker. I host panels, right? You don't have to hire me. But at least you know that I have it. Wow. More and more people know, but more people do it. Yeah, go ahead. I want to add to that, and I heard this from Gary Vee. Um, he said that call your friend and just ask him if he knows somebody that can help you. That, to me, like changed everything. Because like you said, don't sell what you're doing. You could introduce yourself what you're doing, but if you ask them, help me with a lead, they'll be a lot happier to help you get a lead rather than helping you through giving them their own money. So... So to me, just the journey was just about believing in myself. And I remember when I created that journey, creating a list of things that I want in my, in my business, in my life. I had the visualization of the amount of employees, amazing. clients, That's and amazing. money that You're I want to make. And it's now 18 months later, and I wow. have exactly, I have one issue, that I have to move up the, the dream, the, the visualization. The biggest bracha you have to, you have so, to the biggest problem you should have. Baruch Hashem, oh man. Um, I want to I want to discuss a very important question I have that I have for you, um, which is what's the common denominator for many of these people? What is it um, that helped them launch their business? What did what did they see? What did they think? What did they what happened to them where they said, um, "Let me jump into this"? We're talking here people that have generated billions of dollars. What is it that got them into starting actually their business? It's a very good question. I'd love to say that I have a common denominator, but there really isn't. Mm -hmm. um, meaning I thought you would, I, would, I thought you were asking what's the common denominator that they have to be successful. Well, that, I have an answer for that. Okay. But if I have to think about your question, I think it's really people that, you know, saw an opportunity, quote unquote, it's called a Yiddish cup to a degree. Wow. Meaning to say that, and it's very easier said than done, and I'm kind of sounding abstract because I am, but that's really the answer. You have people, for example, that they come across a product and they really like it and they'll start reaching out to people. Or someone's within a company and, for example, it's real estate, they say, you know what, they saw they're good and I can take it on my own. It's very, very hard to do it. But I will say this, if there's a common denominator that took someone to that point, is where, where they want to start the business, gotta be a little crazy. Because wow. at that point, everyone's gonna tell you you're gonna fail. Everyone has told this to me that, who has been successful. And why is that? I'll tell you what it is. I, I think a natural thing, it comes from a place of care, not a place of jealousy. Most, most people feel like if I see, you know, like you, you want to start a business, it, to me it really sounds hard. 
the odds are you're probably going to fail. I think so. I'm afraid for you. I, I don't want you to be hurt. And also, I don't want to say later when you came to me, I didn't give you the right advice. You know what I'm right. saying? I don't mess up. So I think it does come from a good place of good intentions. Wow. In general, people overprotect with somebody else. But the the real thing, the better advice would be is to really give chizik to your friends. You know, you you, you live a lot on social media, and, and and one of the crazy things about social media is that, especially in the, in the celebrity world, so to speak, is that it's it's the most fascinating thing. Some person you have no idea who they are. They don't care about you. You don't care about them. And you're going to start commenting on what they do. Like, you're crazy. You're wasting your life away for no reason. But Tatshin, if your friend really has a business, you see it sometimes. You know, I, I'm not a big, I know you're very big on LinkedIn, right? So I go on LinkedIn just to post on once in a while about my events that I'm hosting. But you see it sometimes. A guy will post about his new business, nothing. And I'll write this. To me, LinkedIn, yeah. with all due respect, is, is full of platitudes, right? Guys in a row. I didn't want to get out of bed this morning, and I got out of bed this morning. I was like, oh, amazing, 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 amazing. Who cares? That's stupid, right? Yeah. But, but with someone starting a business, give them chesed. Right. That is the biggest chesed you can do for someone starting amazing. a business. Amazing. And yeah, and I heard this from Steve Harvey, who said, when you have a dream, God is the one who gave you that dream. You're the only one that has it. So your friend really can't see it. So I love what you said. As a friend, just encourage them. Just give them the, the chesed to do that. Back to LinkedIn. LinkedIn is about the branding. That's why you were asking me what I do because a lot of people don't know. I, I don't want people to know what I do because I want to be an entrepreneur. I want to be someone that can help them regardless of my business. I don't want them when I approach them or they approach me to think, oh, he's the social media guy so he can only help me with them. I do want them to know what I do for a living so that if they need that service, they can come to me. But I also see myself as an entrepreneur with an opportunity to help others um, and potentially see other opportunities yeah, so as well. I, I wouldn't be worried about that because you're a talented person. So if someone's a talented person and, and you have a smart mind, you're not limited by what you do. Have the people who I've interviewed and they're successful in what they do, they help out in other areas anyways because they're simply successful people. Wow. You might just be a successful social media person and, and that's a business, right? Yeah. You're not a social media person. You're a business managing other people's social media. That's a real business. So what, it doesn't limit yourself in any which way, shape, or form. I'm the rabbi. If anything, you have insight to other people's business. So I don't think you should think to, to limit yourself right. at all that way. Yeah. So I, I just posted um, one of my meaning, most meaningful posts for me personally because it really asked, I asked the question, how did I do this? How did I become successful? And I share those tips on, on a few social media platforms. Um, and number one was to, to, to believe in, in, in yourself and believe in your service that you want to provide. Number two was to create a, a vision. So, and then, then number three was setting the, the, the goals, like knowing where you want to go. And then there's staying positive. And uh, one more thing that I did, oh, was doing one thing every day. So I want to touch on, on these few things. We just discussed about the, the personality and the vision that people should just follow and, and believe in their dream. But the second thing is, what is it that you see in terms of a vision? Do these entrepreneurs have a vision? Do they, did they have a, a, a plan of where they are going or it was just it blew up? Like I started selling cookies and then it went online and now I sell a million cookies a day. So do you think that they have visions? these entrepreneurs, do they know exactly where they're headed or they're just figuring it out? So yes and no, right? I, I think that every, every entrepreneur sometimes has excessive dreams, right? In other words, extreme. They want, be, they want to be very successful. And if they're not that successful, they'll make less. You know, one of the most interesting things that I've observed, I didn't believe this would be true when I started interviewing people, is this idea that, and it sounds crazy, and everyone's going to listen, mm -hmm. think it's, it's, it's fake, <laughs> it's not true. 
some guy who just really want to make a difference and they make a huge parnasa out of it. Oh, it's, wow. You know, it sounds bizarre, but it really is true. Some of the most successful people want to make a difference. There's a guy who once interviewed has a company called Kofix in Israel, mm -hmm. and his whole shtick was they charge five shekel for everything. Yeah, there's uh. most of hundreds of stores. Five shekel coffee, five shekel. I don't know if there's it's still around. Yes, but but his, he said right away. He said that. Afford, they couldn't afford it. They couldn't afford it. So he was so excited to make something that people could afford. Agav, he became very successful. He was one of the examples I gave that he has a lot of time. Matter of fact, we were supposed to learn together. <laughs> Crazy. I remember the guy. We met, you know. Yeah. But so a lot of times the, the, the vision is not necessarily to be hugely successful. It's to be successful in what you're doing, right? To be successful in what you're doing, yes. Does everyone have a major dream? No, not necessarily. I don't think that it, 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 it flies out of order. You know, to be an entrepreneur, you have to want to be successful. Yeah. But not necessarily they have this great vision, this great goal. And the reason I'm saying that, I think it's important to recognize. People do think, and, and you see this a lot online, write down your goals, and, and, and you should. Yeah. You definitely should write, and write into a big, a big, a big uh, you know, very I'm big very curious thing. about goals. Right, it's very important. But a lot of people, believe it or not, do not have this mega goal, and they're still successful. Now, wow. you still have to should have goals. So what right? is it? What is it? It's that they keep on going. In other words, I think the most common denominator, so people ask me this question, and, and it's kind of a longer answer, but if you, if you want, I'll explain it to you. The, the most common denominator that entrepreneurs have that are very successful, without a Shiloh, is that they don't give up. They wow. keep on going. Now, the question is why? Why do you not give up? So when I would first do my articles, I used to ask them, and, and it was hard. It was really, it was shaka answers. Wow. I am, I am this way. So I, what I discovered, and this is what I, I think, I discovered this, like I said, I've interviewed over a thousand people. I think there's two answers. One person is born with it. The other person can learn it, and I'll tell you how. So many people are just born with it. You know, they have their drive, they do it, and it is what it is, you're not going to necessarily learn that. The other common denominator is, and what I'm about to say is business. It's not Ruch, I just said it to somebody else. <laughs> okay. This is business, this is not Ruch Nias. Is that simple Jews have real and betachen, and they're better business people. And I want to explain that. I, I say this word a lot, and I think it's important to, to, to understand. And I'll get to the, the, the third way that I think you can learn it. You know, I said this before, I said Tuesday, I said this Mamash to, to one of her before. Tuesday parshas b'shalach. Everyone says parshas a month is big skill for parnasa, right? Okay, you should say it every day. Right, parshas a month you say it every day. And the Mishnah Berurah says that why is it a school for parnasa? Because if you believe that parnasa is from Hashem, so you'll have on parnasa. But the Tzemach Tzedek says something very interesting. He says, you know, parshas a month makes you have money. He says, if you believe parnasa is from Hashem, you're not scared to take risks in business and take chances. And if, you, and, and, and if you're not scared to take chances, you'll become a better businessman. So you make more money, right? Wow. So that's a business wow. advice, right? So, wow. so, 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 so am I saying to learn about Yeah, maybe. But some of them have an innate, and they're not the holiest Eden. They're not the most biggest tzaddikim necessarily. But they have a simple emunah, but whatever Hashem wants, they go for it. And the other way that I, that I think people can learn from is by taking real lessons by speaking to, to successful people. In other words, I think we, we, this is what I try to do, for example, on my panels, right? Baruch Hashem, Hashem gave me the, the opportunity. I've been hired to speak at quite a few business yes. events. A lot of private companies that hired me as well. We met at the Pecan last week. Yeah, I saw you there. I, I, I was the MC there. And then many private companies hired me to speak to their panels, you know, to host panels in their companies J -Boss as well. next week. Hashem and, and some other private companies. Yeah, Baruch Hashem, and one of the things that I feel that that is the only time, the other answer is that when you see other people that are successful, but I'm talking about real, I'm not talking about some fluffy social media post about keep on going, that doesn't do anything for anybody. I'm talking about having a real connection where you, you see someone who is successful, they worked hard, they kept on going, that's a chizuk, right? The same way where somebody learns Musa or anything. Why do you have to learn Musa? There's 
one thing I thought about, so practical. There was a God, Gershon Edelstein, who just passed away. And he was a very practical person. And he always told people, you want advice? Learn Musar five minutes a day. He didn't say learn for an hour. He didn't, five minutes a day. Consistency. Consistency of Musar wow. will change your life, right? So I see when you see somebody in a real oifin that kept on going, that's inspiration for you. So that's to me the chizik. I try to do that in my articles. I try to do that in the panels. Again, that's not the ideal way, but sometimes you see someone else, you never know what is the thing that will push you over the edge. You know, give you that chizik to keep on going, and then you'll keep on going yourself. It's like a ball that's on top of a mountain. It's very heavy. It's hard to push it over. But sometimes once you push it over, it just keeps on rolling. Wow. It's so impressive. I'm, I'm really wowed by this because I know from how much data you, you collected when you talk, all, everything you're saying is coming from so many deep places. Like if you were to add up all the money that you interviewed, <laughs> right? We're talking about maybe even a trillion, a trillion dollars. Sure right. Trillion, yeah. So it's, it's amazing when you, you, when you um, the, the, the things that, that you share. Um, I do have another very interesting question, which is what, what is your advice when we're talking out to a beginner? I know we just spoke about like for an entrepreneur, how they can keep going, but a beginner, somebody with a, with a young dream, what is it? What's your advice? What would you tell them? Like, because they're seeing everything from so early on. Like, they, they don't have anything. That's, that's how they see it. Like, they, they don't... I would say create a vision so that you have something, but they have nothing at this moment. What's, what's, what's a message to these people? So, I'm not sure. It depends really what you're trying to do, right? You know, my, my first advice would simply be, like I said when I first started this conversation, if you're a beginner, people have done it before. Wow. People will help you more than you think. And they won't help you, someone else will help you. There's a saying, learn from others' mistakes. Yeah. And right. don't learn from your own mistakes. Yeah, but, but more than that, you know, there are people who will help you in your life. And again, people often take misconstrue that. And because in their mind, they have this Michigan annoying guy that's always annoying. So, eh, whatever, come on. Not talking about, we're talking about a normal person. You go yeah. to a normal person. You have your business. You're trying to grow it. You know, wow. there are companies that, that there, there are masters that have free mentorship, right? People want to help other people. You know, if you're talking about a practicality sense from uh, someone who's opening up a business and wants to sell, my suggestion would be based on people that I've interviewed is that, yeah, you got to have a stickle of a brand, but first just, just sell. Just sell. Just try to sell something. See how it goes a little bit. Again, if someone's sponsoring your business, they, someone told me a great line the other day. <laughs> he said that, he said, who did he say? You guys told me a great line. He said that, I, I started 26 businesses, I never lost any money. My investors lost money, <laughs> my clients might have lost some money, I never lost any money, right? Yes. So that's your approach, okay, spend a million dollars on branding. But of course, branding is important and you have to have a good base with a degree with Seichel, but try to sell. Just try to make sure what you think is going, because you don't want to have a situation where talk, you wasted two, three years and it didn't go. You can see that right away and Hashem will help you move on. I love that. So just keep on going and try to figure things out, but ask around, ask people, you know, you'd be surprised how many people want to support you. And like you said, those who don't, <laughs> right. Do you think that it's appropriate to do business with friends and family? Because a lot of people hold that back. And my encouragement is go yes to the friends and family because they will for sure use your business. So your first $5,000 a month will easily be made through friends and family that you know for sure is going to work. And then you can expand elsewhere, of course. A lot of people try to avoid that. What's your opinion on this? So it's very normal to want to avoid that. I mean, Mishpuch asked me, Kegel, and there's a reason why that statement is there, right? And because it's uncomfortable, why should I impose on my family? It's a very normal mm -hmm. feeling not to want to ask your family. Okay. You don't want to make them uncomfortable, right? So I would really kind of suggest the other way. I'm going to answer your question in a second. I would suggest that if you are family and you do know that your, your sibling is dealing with it, right? Try to help them in a way. If you can't help them yourself, get someone else for them. 
But to answer yourself, look, I really think it's, it's hard to answer our regal achas. I know it's not the answer you wanted. But I do think that if it's a product, yeah, definitely try to have your siblings involved. Speak to them, have them involved. But it, there is a reason why you don't want to involve friends and family. In other words, it depends on what you're doing. You said social media, yeah? Would you start approaching all your cousins first to ask them? I'm asking you, would you? Um, You'd be a little hesitant, right? I yeah. did start with my one of my closest friends. Okay, so I, I. But 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 he probably supported you to begin with, correct? Not necessarily. Did like it wasn't like an uncomfortable yeah. situation. Okay, that's exactly my point. Somebody who you have to know who you're dealing with. But right? I will say, like my, I think my best client was somebody that came. One of my best clients was somebody that came through my father. Oh. So that being said, I believe that friends and family will help you go. Oh, very good. But it's just, so, so some people have that insecurity of reaching out to their friends and family. Yeah, so, so like you said, I think the fine line would be reaching out for what? If you ask them to help you find somebody else, there's nothing wrong with that. To, to make them your clients, I would think twice, by the way. Does money change a person? Absolutely. Yeah, no Shaila. It's a big avoid. There's a famous story with the Chavetz Chaim. And somebody went to the Chavetz Chaim and he said, I have a big problem. I made a lot of money. I'm not interested in giving tzedakah. I know what's going on. Right? Okay. So Chavetz Chaim said, look, there's two different Yetzirahs. There's Yetzirah when you don't have money, and Yetzirah wow. when you do have money. He said, you're lucky because you recognize the fact that you, you recognize that you still have this problem so you can, you can fix yourself. Of course that changes people. I, if people don't surround themselves by people that they can try to fix themselves, I've had many entrepreneurs tell me that they're unhappy with the way they're spending money. They're unhappy with their lifestyle. They realize it's wrong, but sometimes they get caught up. You have to have a good friend, a Rebbe. I think you cannot live without a Rebbe. If you don't have someone who, who will check you, you have a problem. There's no way. It's just not possible with Matthias that you're a person who will suddenly become mega successful and on your own brain not be able to handle it. Right? Like the famous story, I think what is it, 90% of all lottery winners, lottery winners were broke within three years. Yes. Why? So why do you think it's only different with entrepreneurship? Obviously, to a degree, maybe because you hustled, there wasn't so much at one time, but you have to have someone who you can speak to and put you in touch. Can everybody be an entrepreneur? Absolutely, to a degree. What does wow. that mean? Because sometimes if you're an employee and you're happy, look, I've interviewed people that are very successful now, they're employees, so to speak, they work for a company and they were successful entrepreneurs. They just didn't want to have the grind now, they get paid a, a big salary to be an employee, so it's very different. But you can be successful in what you do, right? Not everyone's cut up to start a business. I always, I always joke, I'd, be, I'd happily scrub toilet brush, toilets with a toothbrush for $5 million a year. Happily, right? I would be an employee. Okay? My wife's not sure if I would actually do it, but I think so. <laughs> but you know, the same point, right? You can be successful in what you do. You don't have to start a business. That's Meshuggah. If you're happy with what you do and you maximize it, you can support your family and you're happy, Menuchas Nefesh is the biggest bracha, right? What does everyone work? The famous joke with the fishermen, right? This guy's fishing in, by the ocean. Someone goes and goes, why are you fishing? Go make a job. Like, what do I do if I have a job? You make money. And then what do you do? You start a business. And I start a business. I'll be very rich. I want to give you very rich. I'll be able to fish all day because I do it now, right? Wow. So again, Manukas and Nefesh is the ultimate goal. So you can be successful, I think, in any which way. So obviously your article, in my opinion, and from the opinion of others, is like literally a favorite for everybody. People love reading it. Thank you. Um, and my question is, when you're preparing for an interview, what are you getting out of these people? What are you... What, how do you how prepare, do prepare the questions? Yeah, like are you going to try to pick their brain? Are you trying to satisfy them, satisfy the reader? Are you trying to get out their deep secrets? What is it like? So it's a good question, I'll answer you. I prepare for my interviews with one question. I only ask them, how do you deal with stress? Now what okay. is that? That's all I ask. Now, I do research, I'm prepared in my mind. And sometimes I'll have a few questions written down. I feel that the best, I don't like calling it interviews, I call it conversations. The best articles, the best interviews, so to speak, but when you're just having a schmooze with somebody, ah. right? So what I do is, I speak to them. You wanna know how I do it? I speak to them, and while I'm talking to them, 
I'm thinking of questions, I'm writing down as I speak. Oh, wow. And then later I ask them the question. Very nice. Um, last question. I heard you ask the question over here, how, how these entrepreneurs deal with stress. What is it, what do you think is the best way to deal with stress? You also mentioned how you deal with stress, but to, for the audience, how do we, how do, how, what's the best way to deal with stress? Right, so we were talking besides them when we were talking, right? And obviously that's not a, it is sometimes an instant thing. I remember when I was going through very difficult times, my father was sick, I would go into my car, put some Ravara, some real Amun and oh, I'll wow. help you. But I can just tell you something that I discovered lately, and it was very, it was very big eye-opener for me. I was um, in a stressful situation, I had to leave to go daven. It wasn't that I left because of my own volition, I decided to go daven, and suddenly I was more relaxed. I realized I wasn't in that same situation. And I realized to myself, the most common advice that I get from entrepreneurs, how to deal with stressful situations, is to take yourself away from it. Go take a walk, take a break, just escape. Yeah. No, it doesn't mean escape and go on a vacation. Just walk away a little bit. And what really blew my mind was, I was like, Misano, you've heard this a hundred times, but you never did it, right? Wow. So, and so what I did, I went to work and I told my employees, listen guys, if you ever see me, I'm nervous, please tell me to go take a walk. And now I tell my employees to go take a walk. So the, the <laughs> word is that, you know, a stress advice is only as good as you implement it, but that's a really good piece. Just take a break, walk away. And because the fact is the stress is something in, in an environment and in a situation. And if you take yourself out of it, the whole thing will dissipate. Hassan Legans, thank you so much for opening your vault and sharing <laughs> the most inspiring I'm, things I'm, possibly. I'm honored that you, you decided to talk to me. Thank you so much. Yeah, sure. thank, you thank, you thank you so, so much. Thank you. Hi, everyone. We're ignoring these, but all these